Well, the presence of God is truly heaven to us. What can we do without the presence of God? I think as we share the word today, you'll understand more the importance of the presence of God in your life. I'd love us to read Ephesians chapter 6, verse 10, all the way down to verse 13. I'm going to read it in a number of different translations. As you know, I like to do that a lot. And I do that because I just think several translations give a much better meaning and a better understanding. Ephesians chapter 6, we read from verse 13, I mean from verse 10 to verse 13. It reads as follows in the New King James Version. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand. The New Living Translation reads, A final word. Be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on all of God's armor so that you'll be able to stand firm against all the strategies of the devil. For we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers, against authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Therefore, put on every piece of God's armor so that you will be able to resist the enemy in the time of evil. Then after the battle, you will be standing firm. The last translation, the Weymouth translation reads, In conclusion, strengthen yourselves in the Lord and in the power of of his, which his supreme might imparts. Put on the complete armor of God so that you are able to stand firm against all the stratagems of the devil. For ours is not a conflict with mere flesh and blood, but with the despotism, the empires, the forces that control and govern this dark world, the spiritual hosts of evil arrayed against us in the heavenly warfare. Therefore, Put on the complete armor of God so that you may be able to stand your ground on the day of battle and having fought to the end to remain victors on the field. We're going to focus on verse 10. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. You know, we are living in challenging times right now and uh, one of the things I've noticed is that as the numbers are rising and as people keep hearing lots of news about their friends, their neighbors, even their families passing, and as we keep hearing the scientists telling us about how devastating the second wave is, I just note that it just gets people to a point where people are doing their best to stand against this and to fight against what is coming. Now, as much as I'm in agreement that we must put up a fight, the reality is that what we are dealing with 
You and I can never deal with it in human strength alone. To try and stand against what we're going through in our own strength, we will not be able to cope. You know, and I know sometimes people say, you know, just stay strong, try to cope. And when you've had one series of uh, misfortune after another, when you are hearing one set of bad news after another, wherein even when the phone call rings, you don't want to answer, you just get to a point on a human level where you just feel tired. You just feel you just don't have what it takes. Could it be that that is why it's sometimes people seem to just throw caution to the wind and say, yeah, for anyhow, so people no longer want to even practice any of the protocols and people don't want to use any form of protective mechanism. I don't think that's what we must do. This verse, when it talks to us, it tells us to be strong, but it explains that we should be strong in the Lord. It's so important. We should be strong in the Lord, not strong in ourselves. God does recognize that we will get to a point on a human level where our strength runs out. We feel discouraged. We feel despondent. We feel like maybe sometimes all our attempts are not making any difference. We do get to that point. I can tell you on a human level as a pastor, you know, uh, because we are helping people. We are the ones who receive the news. Sometimes we get phone calls of people who are sick. We call them. We do our best to encourage people and all of that. And just this week that we come from, I was involved in having to officiate two funerals. Not only that, I've heard about other people passing on some members in our church who were very active members and, and, and who were very involved. And, and I've received calls of, from people who uh, they were calling me just after a family member has passed. They were phoning from the scene where they are looking at a family member who has passed. And you can hear them on the other side of the line breaking down and crying. And you know, as a pastor, you need to do your best to give comfort and to give strength. And the reality is that even you yourself, even if you are trying to comfort others, all this that's happening is chipping away at you. And so I was praying a few weeks ago, I think it's two weeks ago, and I was talking to God about this situation. And I remember God saying clearly to me, don't try to bear the burdens in your own strength. And that's, why, that's what brought about this sermon. Let's not try to be strong in our own power. Be strong in the Lord and in, and in the power of his might. And I will explain that. So when you read these verses, one, we're exhorted to be strong in the Lord. Number two, we're exhorted to put on the whole armor of God. Number three, the reason is that the, the wrestling and the fighting that we're doing is against principalities and powers. And number four, it says for that reason, put on the whole armor of God. And I like the emphasis. It says so that you should be able to stand your ground on the day of attack and not only stand your ground, but stand your ground and win. And so today from... Ephesians 6.10, I'm going to show you how we can be able to be strong, not in ourselves, but to be strong in the Lord. Now, the key to understanding how to be strong in the Lord lies in the actual wording that Paul has used in that verse. In the King James Version and the New King James, it says, 
be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. All right. So I want you to note these three words that we're going to work with today. We're going to explain these words, these three words that will help us to know how we can be strong in the Lord. So we're going to look at the word strong, the word power, and the word might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. We are noticing that our strength comes from the Lord. So we will do a brief study of these words just to gain an understanding and how we can be strong in the Lord. If you don't mind, I will go into a bit into the Greek language. I can't read Greek, but there are, you know, a lot of biblical material wherein you can be able to check what the words mean. And I will give you even uh, the, 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 the phonetic a pronunciation of the words, all right? Now, let's look at the first word. The Bible says, be strong in the Lord. That word strong is the Greek word, edunamo, edunamo. That word edunamo, it means to empower. It means to enable or to increase in strength or to strengthen. It means to make strong. The Bible says, be strong in the Lord. So that word edunamo is a compound word, very interesting. It's made up of two words, the word en and the word dunamis. The word en means in and the word dunamis means explosive strength, explosive ability or explosive power. That word is actually where we get the word dynamite. Therefore, this word edunamo presents a picture of an explosive power that is deposited in some form of a container, a vessel, or some form of a receptacle. You know that a receptacle is simply a container or a vessel that is designed to, to be able to hold things like a bag, a basket, a vault, this is a container that we use to put something in. So the Bible is actually giving us an indication here that this explosive power, this dynamis of God, when it says be strong in the Lord, it's already given you and me an understanding that you and I, we are designed to be a container or a vessel or a receptacle of the divine power. We are not designed to walk by ourselves, empty of ourselves, or to be full of our own strength, but we are a receptacle. So when Paul is telling us to be strong in the Lord, he is literally saying this, receive a strengthening, a supernatural strengthening, an internal deposit of power in your inner man. He puts God as the giver of power, and we as a receptacle into which this power is deposited. Why? Because Paul understands that we will desperately need the supernatural power in order for us to be able to successfully combat the attacks of the enemy that are coming against us. This is a difficult time we are in. We've got to be able to stand to the end. We've got to be able to be strong in the Lord. Very interesting. So Paul is urging you and urging me, open up your spirit, open up your soul, open up 
your body that you can receive this supernatural power. Don't try to battle in your strength. Don't try to be strong in yourself because you can't be strong in yourself. You are a container. You are a receptacle. You are a vessel. Let the power of God fill you and let that power that fills you be the power that you will use to stand in these evil days. Oh, I hope you are saying amen right where you are. And so we read as well, Paul talking to a young preacher by the name of Timothy. This young preacher who is leading a church, unfortunately, he is feeling so timid as a young preacher. He feels like he doesn't have what it takes to run this church and to lead all this church and lead all these people who are more senior to you. And Paul writes to this young man and uses the same expression in 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 1. Listen what Paul says. Paul says, You therefore, my son, be strong. That's the word edunamo. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. I love it. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. You see, Timothy was struggling with feelings of failure. He didn't feel worthy to be able to lead and to even to be able to receive the supernatural touch. And so Paul is saying to him, this supernatural strengthening that you need doesn't come because you deserve it. See, some of you, when you look at your life, you may feel like I didn't live for God. I didn't do what I should do for God. And so you may feel like, why should this power of God operate in my life? Why should I be filled with this dynamic power of God? Well, Paul is saying to you, God makes this supernatural power available to you by his grace for free. In other words, God's grace makes this power available to every one of us. And watch this now. God's power never runs out. God's power is always available. Whatever time of day where you will need the intervention of this power, wherever you are, doesn't matter if you are locked away in a room by yourself, isolating or quarantined, or you are lying on a hospital bed. Doesn't matter where you are and you feel all alone. God's power is right there with you. And that power is available by the grace of God. It doesn't matter what you've done. It doesn't matter how many wrongs you've committed. It doesn't matter how much you think that you're a sinner. All you need is to receive this power that comes by the grace of God. Because this power is available by grace for free. You don't have to feel worthy to receive this power. You don't have to even be worthy to receive this power. As long as you receive the grace of God, you will still have this free, supernatural empowering of God that is strengthening your inner man that is available to you. And so I want to ask you, reach out to God today right where you are. You see, the devil will always tell you that you are not good enough. You are not worthy enough. He will tell you you are not faithful enough. He'll tell you, you don't deserve anything from God. But I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. He died for us 
who didn't deserve it. And because he died on the cross for us who didn't deserve it, by believing in him, by receiving him as Savior and Lord, we become the right candidates to receive what God has provided. As long as we believe that Jesus died for us on the cross and you accept him in your life and acknowledge him as the Savior and the Lord of your life, you become the candidate for what God provides for us through his son, Jesus. And so I want to ask you, stop beating yourself on the head. Stop telling yourself how bad you are. Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Be strong in the Lord because this dynamis power of God is meant for you. It's meant to be used in your life. Be strong in the Lord. And then Paul says, not only be strong in the Lord, but be strong in the power of his might. Wow. That word power is a very, very interesting word when you study it. It is the Greek word spelled K-R-A-T-O-S, pronounced kratos. Be strong in the Lord. Have the dynamite inside of you. Have this dynamis power filling you as a receptacle and be strong in the kratos of God, in the power of his might. This word kratos means vigor. It means something that's great. Literally, this word speaks of dominion or when the power is released mightily, it speaks of strength. Watch this now. The word kratos when you look at it, literally describes what we might call the demonstrated power of God. See, the power of God is always there, is always available, but it might not be demonstrated. You remember when we read in the book of John, when Jesus was preaching in this house where he was, and the Bible says, and many people came to listen to Jesus, and they said they're listening. And the many who came had all kinds of sicknesses and diseases. And the Bible says, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. The kratos was present to heal them. It was a power that is inherent, a power that is present. But funny enough, that power only became demonstrated and released when a man who was sick and had been lying on a bed and could not be able to enter the house because it was full, couldn't come through the door, couldn't come through the window, but through faith, he came through the roof and was let down into that house. And that same power that was sitting there, that same power that was lying there dormant, that same power that was there recessive, went into operation and it became demonstrative power. And so the Bible says, this power of God is demonstrative. Be strong in the Lord because it's the power of God that you, you don't only know it intellectually. It doesn't just adhere to you as a believer on an intellectual level. This Kratos power, it's a power that is demonstrative. It's a power that is eruptive. It's a power that is tangible. It is a power that always comes with some type of external outward manifestation that you can actually see with your eyes. In other words, it's not a power that is just hypothetical power, but it is real power. And so the Bible tells us we need to be strong in the Lord 
and in the power of his mind. In fact, when Paul talks about this power, it's amazing to see what this power has done and what this power has achieved. And think about it. It is the same power that Paul says, you and I, we need to participate in that power. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 19 to verse 20. Listen what it says, and I'm reading the New Living Translation. Paul says when he prays for the church in Ephesus, he says, I also pray that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power to us who believe. Watch this. This power is to us. It's for you. It belongs to you. It is that which you can possess as a child of God. He says, I'm praying that you will understand the incredible greatness of God's power to us who believe. He says, this is the same mighty power that God used when he raised Christ from the dead and seated him in a place of honor at God's right hand in the heavenly realms. Let me read that to you in another translation. The Bible in basic English says, and how unlimited is his power to us who have faith as it is seen in the working of the strength of his power by which he made Christ come back from the dead and gave him a place at his right hand in heaven. The New Century Version reads, and you will know that God's power is very great for us who believe. That power is the same as the great strength God used to raise Christ from the dead and put him at his right side in the heavenly world. My goodness, this is very, very, very demonstrative. I mean, this is very, very expressive. Isn't it amazing? What Paul is saying is this. The same power, the same overwhelming power that God used to raise Jesus from the dead. It is the same power that is operative in your life and in my life. It is the same power, he says, you as a receptacle of God, you as a vessel that gets filled with the power of God, be strong in the Lord and in this power that is demonstrative, in this power that was demonstrated when it raised Christ from the dead. Think about this overwhelming power. That Sunday morning, resurrection morning, when Jesus was raised from the dead, the soldiers who guarded that tomb, when the earthquake came and the power of God came into that grave, they fainted and crumbled. They lay prostrate on the ground, paralyzed, unable to move when the earth shook and Jesus was raised from the dead. All the pain of death and the strength of death that day was neutralized by the power of God. On that day, the power was so great. This Kratos power was so great that it was not only Jesus who was raised from the dead. We read from the scriptures that saints of old who had died in the past, there were some of them who were raised from the dead on that day. This Kratos power is indomitable power. It is overpowering power. It is irresistible power. It is the same power the text says that is available to you. And so what must you do, child of God? Turn up your level of expectation, knowing that you can be strong in the Lord, 
not in yourself, but strong in the power of God. Start right where you are, anticipating that this mighty power of God will begin to flow in your life. It will flow through you and it will begin to operate not only in your life, but operate in all the circumstances of your life. Hallelujah. Be strong in the Lord and in the kratos of his might. Now the word might is a very interesting word. That word in the Greek is spelled I-S-C-H-U-S. It's pronounced iskus. Be strong in the Lord and in the kratos of his iskus. It's kind of amazing that Paul uses the word power and the word might. And yet the two words look so synonymous. And why is he using that? Well, let's think about it. That word iskus is the word that comes from the word force or forcefulness or ability or power or strength. Now, very interesting. This word iskus conveys the picture of a very, very strong man or woman such as a bodybuilder. Remember when Paul wrote, he wrote within a background where people had the background of the Romans and the Romans were dominating the world. And you know, Romans at that time, there were people who were very, very demonstrative of strength and power. They loved that. They would build their bodies and become strong. So Paul uses that word, iskus, just to make them think about this very, very strong man, strong woman, such as a bodybuilder or a mighty man, a woman with great muscular capabilities. Now, Paul is saying, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. He's saying, this iskus is not your iskus. It's not you who is strong and muscular. But the one who is strong and muscular is God. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his iskus. In other words, without being irreverent in any way, Paul implies this picture that God is the one who is able. He's the one who is mighty. He is the one who is muscular. Think about it. Think about it. How great is this God in whom we depend, in whom we trust? How great is this God whose power fills us to overflowing to stand against the wiles of the devil? Is there anyone more powerful than God? This God with one stroke of his mighty arm, he flung the universe into being. This God with one stroke of his arm, he reached into the grave and raised Jesus from the dead. This God with the mighty surge of the mighty Holy Spirit, his power that filled the upper room, filled the disciples with the mighty power. And through that power, they were able to go out and do exploits. If this God, this same God, and is the power that operates in you, the same power that Paul says we can stand strong because this power is active in our lives. Do you think God will not be able to turn around any situation that you are in? I'm here to tell you the same power, the same mighty ability is working in you today. It is available to you and to me. And so be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Now, as I close, let me show you an interesting thing between the difference between the word um, power and the word might. 
The word kratos, as I said, is the demonstrated, outwardly manifested, eruptive power of God which operates in the believer. On the other hand, the iskus power, watch this now, it is the force that makes the kratos work. Now let me give you an illustration. Let me give you an illustration. See, if, you know, when I grew up, people would fight a lot. People still fight today. And you see somebody who threatens somebody, Rihanna, never. Whatever, and Mutona is yapping, yapping. And they're talking and they're threatening and whatever, Rihanna, ever, yo, kitahawata. So they're very demonstrative. They're saying quite a lot. And then the, the opponent that they're talking to finally says, okay, Arulwanding. And all of a sudden, this person who was yep, yep, goes, ah, no. <laughs> so in other words, they are talking, okay, they're demonstrative, but they don't have backup power. They don't have anything to support their claim. You know, I was thinking about it, and I've got to tell you this story. You know, it's almost like with the dogs. You know, dogs, you have different kinds of dogs. You have these smaller yana dogs that make a lot of noise. They yep, yep a lot. You know, they make a lot of noise, you know. Uh, but then you have these big dogs that usually, they don't bark a lot. They're strong. I mean, you know, and I remember some years ago, I went to stay at my sister's place, my elder sister's place. And they, they had a small dog. I don't know what breed it was. Uh, it wasn't very, very small like a chihuahua, but it was these small dogs. And, uh, and, uh, and this dog was called Bobby. You know, you know Bobby na papa. I, I don't, I'm sorry, I don't know how to say it in English, but the brother was papping, you know. And he, he, would, he would run out and bark at people passing the yard. I mean, why bother yourself with things that are going on in the street? But no, not Bobby. You know, Bobby's going to go out there and he's going to make a lot of noise. Now, not far from this place in Dube is the technical college called George Tabor, George Tabor, Hunter Hunter. And you know, there's technical students who go and learn there. And most of them, it was guys who used to go there. So these boys would always pass, you know, in front of the yard. And Bobby being Bobby, yep, yepping, he would go and make a lot of noise, very demonstrative, yeah, 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 going back at them outside. And I think this group of guys on this particular day had had enough, okay? They wanted to see if Bobby can back up his yep, yepping, okay? He's talking, he's demonstrative, but does he have anything to back up what his claims are saying. And so this boy, as they passed by Eliot, he, he, he intentionally started running to, you know, to act like you know, he is afraid of Bobby. And all of a sudden, he stopped and turned and started chasing Bobby back to the house. I wish you were there to see it. I tell you, when Bobby came in through the gate, <laughs> I don't know what speed he must have been running at. I think he must have been faster than a Vurpa. But I mean, the brother was running and screaming and so on. And I'm standing there, you know, and I'm laughing, thinking, ha, Bobby, Aurora, Sasson, forward to, but you have nothing to back it up. And you know, it was fun for this guy to chase this dog all the way into the yard. But I think this boy, when he saw me standing there, Ananarano Ketamukwachisa, this one. So he, he said to Bobby, my dog, he said to my sister's dog, he said, eh, Uzafanja. You know, <laughs> you know, I didn't mind him chasing the dog, but when he said that, but you know, when I stood back, I thought, Bobby is making a lot of noise, but he can't back up his claims. See, this scripture tells us not only do we have Kratos, but we have Iskus. The power to back up the claim. See, when we stand our ground, when we are strong in the Lord, then we have power that will back up what we are doing. And so we're not just making threats. 
when we say the weapons of our warfare are not carnal. We're not making threats when we say, if God be for us, who can be against us? We are not making threats when we say, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. We are not making threats when we say, we can pray in the name of Jesus and God will reach out to you. We are not making threats when we say, those who know their God will be strong and will do exploits. We are not making threats, but the power of God is there to back us up. So be strong in the Lord as a container of God's power. Let God's power operate in you. And that same power, when you believe on God's word and declare God's word and pray over your life, it will erupt like dynamite. It will back up God's claim in your life where God says no weapon formed against you will prosper and you'll be able to be strong. Instead of allowing fear to choke you, Fear to kill your prayers. Fear to stop you not to read your Bible, not to trust in God. Fear to cause you to say, who is next? Instead of saying that, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. But you know, it all starts with you knowing Christ as Savior and Lord. And right now, I want to invite you as you're watching right where you are, to invite Jesus into your life, to be the Savior and the Lord of your life. You see, when you accept him, as Savior and Lord, he will change your life. Take that step this morning. Invite Christ as personal Savior and Lord. Will you follow me in this prayer as you receive Christ? Let us pray. Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. I invite Jesus to come into my heart to be the Savior and the Lord of my life. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for coming into my heart and making me your child. In Jesus' name, amen. I want to also take this time as we close now to pray with you. Some of you may be lying in a hospital bed, sick, and you are looking at your life and you are hearing all kinds of things. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for our nation and bring you as individuals. We are going through all kinds of things. I want to pray for the church leaders. I want to pray for the leaders of our nation and pray that God will stretch out this power in our lives. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for those who are sick in bed. I pray for healing. I pray that you'll touch them. I pray that you'll bring healing to them. Raise them up by your power, Lord. In the name of Jesus, I pray for leaders everywhere, leaders in churches, leaders of the nation, as they lead your people, give them wisdom and knowledge, understanding and insight. I pray for the people who have lost their job, who are going through a difficult time. I pray for those struggling with a spirit of fear. Strengthen them now in the name of Jesus. I pray for those who are bereaved, those who have lost loved ones. May the power of the Almighty God come upon them and comfort them and strengthen them. I pray that your people will know that you've never left them and you've never forsaken them. You're always there as the God who's able to change their lives. In Jesus' name.